Welcome back to Ear Thoughts with me, Kieran. And me, Harry. This week we'll be talking about everything from St. Patrick's Day to football, TV shows and movies. Right, let's get into it. So, it's currently Wednesday the 17th of March. It is, yes. Uh, it is, and it is St. Patrick's Day today. Um, first things first, we weren't actually meant to be recording today. Uh, the reason is, we meant to record yesterday, but I had to message Harry because I was quite ill. And I thought I'd be fine, and then I sent Harry a picture of me sitting next to the toilet throwing up. <laughs> yeah, and the, so, the acoustics in his bathroom aren't that good. Yes. <laughs> so you were like, yeah, we'll just, we'll just give it a rest. And then, but anyway, St. Patrick's Day. And I saw a video on Facebook from these Irish comedians called Foil Arms and Hog, who yeah. are very funny and you should totally check them out. But they did a video a while ago about St. Patrick's Day. And there were a bunch of things, some of them I did know, but some of them uh, I thought were quite surprising. So the first thing was St. Patrick, you'd assume he was Irish, but actually he was Welsh, right? Yeah. And I was thinking, that that wasn't that surprising. I was a bit, I kind of assumed he were Irish, but he's not. And I, to be honest, is St. George English? Uh, I don't know. How long can I hold an er uh, while I Google it? <laughs> uh, St. George is, I still don't have a clue. No, he's Turkish. Yeah. So, I, because... I, you get this thing that you think patron saints are kind of like they got the name Patrick and George. You assume they're like the nation. SpongeBob but, characters by the sounds of it. But then actually, they're like they they could be from anywhere, right? The second one I did already know because it was about Jack Charlton, who has the most appearances for Leeds as of now, and probably as of ever. He had like seven hundred, eight hundred games. Yeah. I doubt anybody's really going to get that that much again. But he managed the Republic of Ireland in the 80s and 90s and did really well with them and got them to a quarter-final. And uh, he's English, so that's another famous person who's actually not not Irish. And then they went on to say Michael Flatley, so the Lord of the Dance. He's, He's American, obviously. And that was another one. And then they made the final point that potatoes aren't even... Irish, and I that shot me because I, to be honest, I thought potatoes were Irish because you do hear a lot about it, don't you? Potatoes being Irish. Yeah, but you hear lots about everything. I've learned to not trust anything I hear at the minute. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right there because especially with news and stuff like that, there's there is a lot of news where you're a bit like, hmm, well, really, but turns out potatoes came from Peru in the 16th century. I actually know. So, I th- I think I heard about. Wasn't it something like one floated over and then they just started growing an island or something? I really, I don't think that's true. Just because it doesn't sound true, but I really hope it is. I'm that's sure. True. I'm sure I heard something that just one of something floated over from somewhere, and it just started growing, and that's how it came to somewhere else. No, it was uh, coconuts. Coconuts float. I think it was coconuts at least. Could have been bananas. Uh, they originally were from China, 
and they one fell floats over to somewhere and starts growing wherever they're found now. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I told you I'm the good at pub quizzes. Pub, li- yeah, you are. Pub quiz facts, I can do. Anything else, count me out. We should um, we should do a pub quiz back when, back when pubs are open. I think we almost did, but I think like the one week we were in when they were doing the pub quiz, there were like two people in, and that was us. It'd be good though, because I actually we we do have some random knowledge, and I feel like we'd be quite good at it. Yeah, especially music rounds. We could do yeah. a good music round. We could do. Well, I think it depends on the mu- anything from about nineteen fifties to the nineteen eighties. I'm pretty good at nineteen nineties. I'm a bit. Hmm. Well, that's cool because my knowledge is about eighties to twenty tens. That's sorted. Now we just need somebody to come into our group who's got. A comprehensive knowledge of modern music. <laughs> yeah. About. 2010s onwards. Yeah. But, so St. Patrick's Day, obviously, it's, I, I celebrate St. Patrick's Day, mainly, I'm, I'm half Irish in terms of, I'm actually, no, that's a lie, I'm a quarter Irish, but I have Irish citizenship and an Irish passport. Yeah, so. that, that reminds me of, have you seen the video of the Irish guy on Instagram going around? like that no why there's a guy who um he did a he's a comedian he did a poll on his story or something saying like what percentage nationality you and someone replied to it saying i'm 56 percent italian or something uh so he went and said i'm 100 percent irish everyone i know my family's 100 percent irish no i've got a cousin who's 50 percent irish her mum is irish but her dad is also Irish, but she lost her legs in a car accident when she was a kid, so she's only 50% Irish. <laughs> I see. <laughs> yeah. Are you, um, are you 100% English? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm boring. There, there's nothing you can dr- drill out of me. Um, I did my family tree once. Um, I've got distant relatives in Norway and Australia. Yeah. Uh, other than that, we don't really vent. We don't venture much out the Midlands. To be fair, it, my family's incredibly boring. There's a bit in Stoke, a uh, bit in Yorkshire. Other than that, it's literally just the Midlands. I know. Um, one of our friends who I was talking to you about earlier, perhaps coming on for a feature. She yeah. has many, many nationalities. Yeah, she was sorted after Brexit. <laughs> yeah, but I think I see. I never really. Um, I knew I was a quarter Irish because I've seen my relatives in Ireland. Yeah. And I've never really thought about getting an Irish citizenship or anything like that. But my mum uh, wanted to kind of put in a contingency plan for Brexit, right, and get m- my sister and I Irish passports. Yeah. So. And I, at the time, I didn't really think that much of it, but it was actually quite a good idea, really. Yeah, I've got a friend who is the same. Someone I used to work with, her dad was in the military, so he was born in West Germany. Um, so she can actually, she actually has a German passport, as well as her British one. Have you ever been was, to Ireland? I was very jealous of that. Uh, no, I've always wanted to. Um, I was planning on going. Um, 
just to get away from my family. Uh, but all of this happened. Yeah. So I think nobody I, could have predicted it. No, I, th- I think I was supposed to be going on four or five holidays last year, and I went on zero. That's pretty sucky. Yeah. But I mean, I've been to um, I've been to the Republic of Ireland, and I've been to Northern Ireland, and one of my favourite places actually is in Northern Ireland, not the Republic of Ireland. It's um, Derry or London Derry, depending on. The way you see things, but... What is the difference between them? Why is it known as two different places? So... Oh, let's try and do this. Tradition... I think in the Royal Charter or something like that, it was known as Londonderry. But, obviously, with the issues in Ireland and Northern Ireland last year, it's kind of become one of those things where... Uh, if you're more a Republican or Irish per se, you'd call it Derry. Yeah. And if you were, I suppose not, if you were more, I don't know, a Unionist and British per se, you'd call it London Derry. Oh, okay. I've, um, I call it Derry because it's kind of been the, when I, when I've spoken to people about it in Ireland, like my relatives, they, they say Derry. Yeah. Um. But at the end of the day, I'm not gonna. It's it's kind of. I see a lot of places have the London and brackets, and then Derry, which I think's a fairly good way to do it. But it's it's a sticky one, you know. But I've been there, and it's it's really nice. It's um. I think it's one of the. Is it one of the last walled cities in the United Kingdom? But there's. There's York, this massive... York's still walled, technically. Yeah. Or at so least some of it is. So there's these walled cities in the UK, but I get, I went to De- Derry and it's um, it's it's quite strange because there's all the obviously there's all the modern stuff that's hit hit the world, and then you've got this really old wall going round, and it's quite yeah. um, it's quite strange standing on something from centuries ago looking at like I don't know a game shop or like a Tesco yeah yeah it, it kind of sounds like someone's just really tired of people they've built a wall around the house <laughs> but they've made sure to include like takeaways in a cinema <laughs> you know the essentials yeah yeah of course but um because it's uh St. Patrick's Day I'm gonna have a Guinness tonight okay and you you know I am fond of Guinness I do I'm know fond that. of Guinness but I um, was speaking to one of my friends who's quite... They're, they're, a, they're a drinker of beer, but they hate Guinness. They're, they're a big fan of, like, IPAs. Yeah. But, I don't know. I I've, I used to be a fan of lager when I was when I was a bit younger. I used to be a fan of lager. A, a bit younger. Yeah. Like, You're 20. Yeah. You, like, you can't get much younger. But, but the thing is, in the United Kingdom, you actually end up going to parties and stuff when you're, I don't know, 17, 16. Speak for yourself. <laughs> but the the go-to beer was like a lager. Yeah, yeah. But I've kind of gone off it now. Now that I have the selection of drinks, if I'm going to a pub and I'll buy a drink, I'll, I'd, the, the reason I drink lager is because that's what, what was there at the time. Yeah, yeah. But I'm much more 
I'm much more a Guinness fan. But to be honest, I'm not really that much of a beer drinker now, actually. I've gone more onto, I don't know, gin and wine. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I know I'm, you're, I'm not you're a big quite wine a big person. beer drinker. Yeah, you? I'm I'm not the biggest fan of wine. Um, I don't mind a sparkling wine every now and again, but I won't drink it constantly. Spirits, I'm not the biggest fan of either. Um, there's it's a like few... Sambuca. Yeah, yeah, I do... Then I drank like an entire bottle of it on Christmas, um, and I'm not a hundred percent sure I woke up until about three four p.m. the next day. Um, so either that I or I just can't like, remember. You quite like Hop House, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And I, I quite, I actually quite like Hop House as well. Yeah, I, I am. I've not really been brought up a, a lager person to be fair, because my my dad drinks mainly stout. My brother mainly drinks ales. My granddad drinks lager. So, maybe it's come from him. I've never really been a fan of bitter, to be honest. No, but me I think, neither. I think that's because the, the, one of the first times I could buy a drink in a pub, I obviously went with my dad to go have a drink. And I'd had, I don't know, a couple of pints of Guinness five pints of Guinness about that and then you, you sound said, like any time describing how many you've had drink to a doctor I, I had <laughs> I had a couple of pints I had eight pints I had 12 <laughs> pints 12, 12 pints yesterday yeah, yeah. today well, I, yeah like, I had had a small glass of wine I had a few glass I had a few bottles of wine yeah it's like that um, there was a TikTok recently where it's like this English person talking to this American doctor, and he's like, um, oh yeah, I had 12 drinks. And the doctor's like, oh, 12 drinks in a week. And he goes, oh no, uh, in a day. And then the doctor's like, what, you had 12 beers in a day? And the guy's like, wait, we're counting beers as well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, so I'd, ha- I'd had five pints of Guinness, and then my dad said, let's all try some of the local beers, some of the local bitters. Uh, so I had some, and then I, I was sick. And then yeah. I think one of the things you realise that when you're sick after drinking a specific alcohol, going near that alcohol again is... It's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. So I was sick on vodka when I was 18. I had not touched it since. And it's probably one of the drinks I hate the most. Um, the same for the exact same reason. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I, I have a conspiracy this week, right? Okay. And... It's not the longest conspiracy in the world, but it is one that I think we'll both find interesting because it's about probably one of our greatest pleasures in life, which is football. Ooh, oh, I want I'm going to try and guess this, but I'm trying to think of any. Is it to do with the missing World Cup from 1966? It's not, but that is quite a good, quite a good one. Um, the Jules. I'm trying to think of any others. Is it to do with a missing player? Uh, not a missing player, but it's to do with a player. Uh, it, is it saying like Ronaldo's not the same person? It's well, it's it's um it's Ronaldo, but it's Brazilian Ronaldo. Yeah. And it's ninety. It's the nineteen ninety eight World Cup final. So yeah. I'll, I'll give some context. It's um France versus Brazil in the final. And originally, Ronaldo wasn't on the team sheet. So, yeah. 
uh, Edmundo was playing in his place, and it was rumoured that because of Ronaldo's knee injury, he wasn't going to be on. Or there was the rumour that he'd had a seizure. And then, uh, 72 minutes before kickoff of the World Cup final, a new team sheet was released and Ronaldo was on it. And then France went on to win that World Cup final 3-0. And Ronaldo massively underperformed. So that's, so that's kind of what happened from, I don't know, a, stand, a, a neutral standpoint. But what actually happened was that after lunch of the day on the final, Ronaldo had a seizure. Yeah. Right? His body was shaking. He was frothing at the mouth. And Roberto Carlos screamed for help. And loads of Brazilian players came in, did first aid to him, dislodged his tongue from his throat so he didn't swallow it. Uh, so, like, this is a really serious situation. It's probably one of the best players in the world at the time, like, dying, basically. And doctor came in and helped. And originally they didn't tell him that he'd had a seizure. Yeah, which is quite a weird thing because he, he, I, th- I think he gave a testimony where he's like, I woke up and I was feeling I don't know tired or whatever, but nobody actually told me what happened, which is yeah. weird, isn't it? If if I'd had a seizure, I'd want somebody to have told me that I'd had a seizure, you know? Yeah, yeah. But the doctor ran some neurological and cardiac tests, and then because of that, reinstated him into the team. And then obviously that he went on to underperform and they lost 3-0. But the conspiracy arises. Well, there's three kind of conspiracies, but the biggest one is to do with Nike or Nike. Okay. I think I've always said Nike. Yeah, right? I'm the same. But it's because apparently after his seizure, Nike forced his inclusion in the team sheet. Yeah. Right? And I was I was reading about this and I was baffled because... Obviously, this is two years before I was born, but I had no idea it was kind of going up. No idea it was even a conspiracy. But supposedly, well, not supposedly, Nike had a £105 million sponsorship deal with Brazilian national team, right? Yeah. And it was the largest ever um, deal with a national team, and it was signed in 1996. Okay. And what, th- what this meant is that they had a lot of control, right? Obviously, with such a huge amount of money, there's obviously a lot of pressure. So they could like say, "Oh, have this player play." I'm I'm not sure how big of a sway it is, but I'm that's a considerable amount of money. Yeah. Right? Uh, so one of the one of the theories is that Nike basically forced him to play, and another one is that there was a clause in Ronaldo's contract that said if he was, if he passed the tests. Like if he if he was fit to play, he he has to play. Yeah. Um, and there was um, supposedly Nike's people were there twenty four seven, and there's a quote which says they were they were practically members of the technician team. Yeah. It just shows how big of an impact they had, and practically all of their marketing was based around Ronaldo at the time. Because he was obviously one of the biggest players in the world. He's really, really good player. So they based all of this marketing around him. And obviously for them, if he didn't play in the final, it's kind of, from a marketing and economic standpoint, it's kind of, well, it is bad, you know? Yeah, yeah. But the theory, that that, that is in essence the theory that Nike, because of, um, 
because they couldn't really explain why he went on to play. Obviously, if he had a seizure, everybody was a bit like, well, why did he play? And the biggest theory is that Nike obviously did it. And yeah. it's such a big theory that Brazil, actually, the Brazilian um, parliament uh, did a per, uh, parliamentary inquiry into it. Okay. Because it was because they said it diminished their like uh, cultural and national identity and their national sovereignty. So and and I think p- part of the reason was that they were Nike was seen as kind of this transatlantic um, foreign transnational corporation. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they were kind of that, that's one like, thing I learned in A level geography. <laughs> it's the only time but, I'm ever going to use it either. Arguably, they were. Um, I'm not sure if xenophobic is the right word, but they were scared of this um, transnational corporation. Yeah. And I think there were some communist um, members of parliament, and obviously this massive capitalist corporate. They were just kind of obviously natural opposition to them. Yeah. But basically, it's a bit far fetched because. They did all of this, and they had loads of people come in. The doctors come in. Ronaldo came in. Nike's representative came in, and all in all, they found absolutely nothing. Right. So, so you see why it's a small theory because it's it's bonkers, right, of a theory. But the the reason it's bonkers is because it's gained quite a lot of traction, but there's not actually that much substance to back it up. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I'm- I mean, there wasn't really anything on Pitbull doing MH370, but people yeah, still went true. about it. That, that's the whole thing with conspiracy theories. But The the two other um, small theories was one of them said that Ronaldo perhaps had a pre-existing medical condition. Yeah. So, he... I think somebody, one of the teammates said they often found him like crying and whatnot. But... That's kind of a theory that he had a pre-existing medical condition, but I'm not sure. Um, it kind of myth me because I wasn't really sure how that connected to the fact that he played. Yeah, but I, I can see that. Yeah, and then the other one was that the, the Brazilian players bribed the match. Basically, were bribed to throw the match, and supposedly they were offered fifteen million pounds, an easy two thousand and two draw, in which they ended up with China. Turkey and Costa Rica, which is a fairly easy draw. Well, and you, you say that we'd probably lose it. Yeah, but I think we we lost to Costa Rica. When did we lose to Costa Rica? Uh, like I'm trying to remember World Cup. So I always get the years mixed up with. No, 2014 uh, was the World Cup. Yeah, I yeah I think it was. Or maybe it was, was 2010 re- with South Africa. No, 2010 we lost to Germany. We got, I think we got to semi-finals and we lost to Germany or quarter-finals. I think it was 20. Yeah, it was 2014. I'm pretty sure. I know we lost to Italy at penalties at some point when Pirlo did that chip. That was either 2002 or 2006. I'm pretty sure it was the one before. I think it was one before we didn't qualify for the Euros. I see. I think was it 2008 years. Oh, yeah. 2010, we lost to Germany 4 1. Yeah, it should have been. We should have scored that goal, by the way. Frank Lampard's yeah, goal that did go. Frank in. Lampard won. That was. Um, 
that to be honest, that helped um, push goal line technology, didn't it? Yeah, and it's still useless. Because <laughs> Villa should have been relegated last year. They should have been. Re- I bonkers how that didn't work actually. Yeah. But and they were also to get back to Brazilian players being bribed. They were also offer, offered a future World Cup, and obviously they got the two thousand and fourteen World Cup. But this kind of so that's that's the theory for this week that Ronaldo. I think the biggest one of that is that Nike forced Ronaldo's inclusion in a World Cup final after he had a seizure. Yeah. When I put it like that, it sounds bonkers. But yeah. but on this easy 2002 draw, right? Yeah. I, I was thinking about it at the time. And I actually think that the Euros are harder than the World Cup. And the reason I think this is because I think that the the quality of football in the European national teams is diluted in the World Cup yeah because so, it's more proportional in the World Cup where you get yeah. a wider array in the Euros which I guess yeah. shows truly how bad we were when we didn't qualify yeah but like in in the Euros you can come against teams like I don't know Switzerland or Sweden and these are these are still like tough teams to beat yeah but you could come against like that that draw for Brazil with China, Costa Rica and Turkey is a fairly easy draw, right? Yeah. But in the Euros, like, there are loads of people that can trip you up, you know? Yeah. And, like, the United States, right, are not not the best at football. No. Not at the minute. Not at the minute. They've got a lot of good players coming up. They've got Pulisic, don't they? Yeah, Pulisic, Giovanni Reina, uh, Timothy Weir, um, Anthony Robinson. The thing is, I wouldn't fancy the United States qualifying for the Euros. Well, no, neither would I, but for the main fact that they're not in Europe. No, but like... (laughs) I I don't think they could physically qualify for it. If they were in Europe. I say that, Australia were in Eurovision, so... Yeah, but... I think if America was in the Euros, they'd struggle to qualify. If they were in Europe with yeah. their current team, I think they'd struggle to qualify. I I just think that in like I'm looking at the the route to the final for the 2014 um, World Cup. Yeah, and some of the, some of the teams are obviously good teams, like Uruguay. Yeah, Uruguay are a good team, but then. The other people there, the United States versus Ghana, that's not really a a top like match. Well, you say that Ghana do have some good players, but the, the, see, this is the thing. If I put Ghana into the Euros, I don't think they get to the last sixteen. Getting to the last sixteen and qualifying for them is two very different things. Yeah, because we ha- we had. A relatively good squad in 2014, but we got knocked out in the group stages. Yeah. So it it's debatable what your class is a squad able to qualify and a squad able to go for. Yeah, you're right. I just think I think it's because when I look at it, 
and I look at European teams and I go round, I think well, Belgium have got a good team and we've got a good team and Scotland have a fairly decent team right now and so do Wales. And then you've got, I don't know, Spain, Portugal, the Netherlands, Germany, Sweden. And then you've got like other teams like Slovenia and Slovakia. We always seem to like struggle against them. Switzerland yeah. and Norway. It's just, there's just a plethora of these teams that are quite, uh, well, in my view, are really quite good teams, right? Yeah. But then, but then I look at like the North American continent and I think, well, Canada's team's not that good. They have some good players. They're like, I say this, they have certain good players, but I don't back them against any of the European teams I mentioned. Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. Um, I, I guess ultimately it would depend on the tactics. Yeah. Because tactics can um, affect a game very highly. Maybe there's a larger thing about... Maybe there's just more money in European football than there is kind of anywhere else. Because obviously you get players in the in the UK who, when they retire, they go to, I don't know... Well, we put retire in inverted commas, but they go to like America or they go to China or they go to the Middle East. Yeah. And because they get paid more, obviously, but they're they're older, so they're not as good. So maybe maybe it's like a step down in quality. Yeah, I I sort of see it as you either because there are sort of two different steps you go to. You either go to sort of those countries in your say your late twenties. And they'll be either you're on a high wage in the UK, but you're not the best. And they're prepared to offer you that wage still to play at a high level. Or you can go to somewhere like Australia um, when you start to get to sort of retirement age. But it's still quite a high level of football, but you're not being paid as much. Because I know that there, yeah. there have been a few names. I can't off the top of my head. I can't pick any out, but I know there have been a few. Um, especially last season, uh, went to Australia for, for this upcoming season, um, and didn't go to say the US or the Middle East. Um, and I, I think that would be because of the slightly higher quality in football. And like. I think about it now, and when I go around the leagues in Europe, maybe it's just because I'm I am in Europe. But you can um, you can name teams, right? Yeah. But then I I think of like teams in Africa, and I really struggle. Uh, All Star Soccer Nigeria. Is that a team? Yeah, because we just signed a defender from that. But like. Yeah, you know what I mean? I, I struggle to name... Like, Australia, I know a couple teams, but I live there, so I kind of picked up on a couple. Yeah. Char- the only reason I know ch- some Chinese teams is because you hear about, I don't know, a player who we grew up with has now gone there to kind of retire. Yeah, yeah. Middle Eastern teams, I'm not really... That that good, memory-wise, I don't really... Can't no none come to mind. I I can do a few, but it's purely because of um like players you know going over there. Yeah. So uh say like Al Ali, uh which I think it might be Egyptian, 
I think. I know Zamalek's Egyptian. I'm trying to think if Al-Ali's uh, Egyptian or Middle Eastern. Because uh, I know Higazi went from us to Al-Ali at the start of this season because our board just decided they didn't want him. Um, yeah, they're Egyptian. Um, but then you've got... I'm going to butcher a name because I can't remember some letters. <laughs> uh, Manzukic, he went to Qatar a couple of seasons ago before he re-signed for AC Milan. I think he played for like Duhali SC or something. Um, but like that's the sort of name you know purely because they're a big name that went yeah. abroad. It's the same with China. Like you know, like uh, uh, Evergrande Green Town or Beijing Green Town. not Green Sha- Town. Shang Shanghai's got a team. Shanghai Shen Shenhua, I think it is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you, like, uh, you don't. But to be fair, you can't really expect people in like China or the Middle East to know who Burnley are. True, but I think if you were in China, you'd know. A lot more Premier League teams, but maybe that's could to do with um, advertising and stuff like that. Yeah, Cause... I think that's more to do with the sort of worldwide coverage of it. Because um, you you don't see like if you go to say the sports channels on your TV here, you'll get there'll be mainly Premier League. You get some European leagues. You get some MLS. Yeah, on on occasion you get some MLS. Same with like A League games. You rarely get anything from abroad. If you then go to say Spain or Italy on holiday, chances are you'll get Premier League. Yeah, I bet uh, maybe in China you get Premier League games. I'd imagine likely, yeah. But I'm not sure. I think may, maybe the coverage of them and the advertising puts a thing in our head of obviously they're bigger, so maybe they're the classic. They're bigger, so maybe they're better, right? But I'm not. I'm not actually too sure. I, they're, they're pro. I think it's difficult to judge, isn't it? Because you, we don't. Burnley don't play Shanghai, do they? So it would be an interesting game if they did. <laughs> It's like um, the classic thing I hear a lot of is that the Scottish teams wouldn't do that well in the Premier League. See, I hear this quite a lot. Yeah. But I I have no idea because Scotland, obviously Rangers and Celtic and to some degree Aberdeen are all quite quite good teams, right? Yeah. But are they only good relative to Scotland or are they good kind of, you know, independently? I think the big interesting thing, Rangers just won the Scottish title. Um, which, interestingly, uh, pub quiz fact here, has only been won by Celtic and Rangers since 1985. Did Aberdeen win it in 1985? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Aberdeen about three years previous. And it, I think it's something like only five or six teams have actually won it. Cause that, I know that's when Ferguson managed them when Aberdeen won. Oh, then yeah, it probably was. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like a lot of people have been asking, especially with like Liverpool's form, uh, should Gerard come to manage Liverpool? And there are a lot of people saying he wasn't ready, he's not ready, he should spend a few more years there developing. But you have to bear in mind, Rangers will now play, is it Europa League? 
that Scottish yeah, Champions play. It's not, it's not Champions League, which is no. a bit... They'll, they'll, well, be, which is... they'll be playing U- European football, which is what Liverpool are going to be playing next year. They are champions quite significantly as well. You have to bear in mind they've not lost a single game lost. this season. Yeah. And they've had they've very good. few draws. They've had an exceptional team. They've got an exceptional following. You can't really say he has to develop a bit more there. I think it's um, it's difficult, isn't it, with with those sorts of managers like ex players? Because obviously Frank Lampard did fairly well at Derby in the twenty eighteen to nineteen season. Yeah, and then he went to Chelsea, and it kind of didn't work for him. So yeah, some argued that he wasn't ready for it. I think with that, there's a lot more behind the scenes than people know. Because I I still rate Frank Lampard as a manager. I think he was a very good manager. I don't think he had as much backing from the board as people expected. Because there were rumours going round after he was sacked that um, only one of the players that was signed in summer was his choice. Which, for a manager, is especially difficult. Tough. Yeah, um, and you have to bear in mind Chelsea weren't doing that bad. You have to bear in mind Arteta with Arsenal was still lower than Lampard when he got sacked. Liverpool, I think, were in about the same position as where Lampard got sacked. So yes, two calls doing very well, but if you'd given Lampard the time, would he have done just as well? Yeah, but. I have some information for you, actually. Um, you know how we're wondering who goes, what what league or European competition they play? Yeah. I've just typed it up. It's to do with um, UEFA's country coefficient, where they give them a rating depending on the quality of their football. Yeah. Um, and in at the end of the 2019 to 2020 season, Scotland were ranked 14th in Europe and therefore got two sides in the Champions League one side in the Europa League and two sides in the inaugural UEFA Europa Conference League. So I think maybe... Did Rangers and Celtic start in the Champions League and then when they go out, they go to the Europa League? Possibly. Or maybe they got so far in the Champions League that they qualified for Europa League next season. But you'd assume they'd go straight into the Champions League the season after because of their position, right? It depend where the league was next season. True. I think it's. I think. I can't remember. I'm trying to go back to you, when the Champions League started. You have to bear in mind, most. I think every European country at some point has some team in some stage of the Europa League. Because I, I, I know for a fact, like Gibraltar, Malta, Cyprus, um, I'm not sure about like Liechtenstein, say Andorra. But I know those three at least do play in Europa League at some stage. Oh, here we go. Um, Celtic were in the Champions League. They got to the second qualifying round of the Champions League and got knocked out. And then because they got knocked out, they went into the Europa League third qualifying round. Oh, okay. But I suppose... I quite like... I think it'd be interesting if Rangers go through in the Europa League and then play a team from England. Yeah. Because then, it, then it'll give us something to judge them off, you know? Yeah, it, it would certainly settle down the argument. 
to some extent at least. The other thing I kind of wanted to talk about in football is, right, you and I both have experience supporting teams in the Champions League. No, and cha- <laughs> I, I, I wish. wish. <laughs> yeah, in the Championship, right? Yeah. And yeah. I still hold that the Championship is one of the toughest divisions to get out of. Oh, 100%. Well, see, I don't disagree with that, but I would argue that National League's hard to get out of. I suppose I... I I've never really yeah, we, we, been in the... We can't yeah. say that. But if you think about it, with the championship, you've got three teams going up, three teams going down. You've got the backfall of payments, which the Premier League gives you if you get relegated for X amount of years. National League... For 46 you, matches. Yeah. National League, you go from League 2 to the National League. You drop out of professional football. You drop a lot of sponsorship. And especially TV revenue as well. Only two teams get promoted. So if, if you think of the likes in National League and National League North and South, at the minute you've got teams such as Notts County, York City, uh, Barnet, Hartlepool. You, Halifax, are they in there? Yeah, Halifax are in there. You've got teams upon teams that used to be staples. Um, in the uh, football Lower, league, the, yeah, yeah, like League Two, etc., that just aren't there anymore. Um, because it's so like Yeovil are twelfth in the National League at the minute. Uh, Barnet are about to get relegated to National League South because they're sat twenty third in the National League at the minute. Uh, National League South, uh, bottom of there, no one overly known for league football um, Oxford, Oxford United um, are in there they're pushing for promotion National League North, I know York City have been struggling, they've been pulling it back a bit this season but they're still sat 8th it's an intro Gloucester are doing but, but well yeah, it's nice it's, to see Gloucester um, doing well yeah the Na- National League's tough, the Championship is tough yeah. I think I think I think about the championship, right? And if you're, I'm, a I'm looking forward hasn't... to it next season. <laughs> I don't know. West Brom could claw it, Black. No, no, we back. can't. We we pulled the great escape in the early 2000s. We almost pulled it in 2017. We're not pulling it this season. The only way we're but pulling like... it this season is if the board get a polite, inanimate object place in an undesirable area and sack Big Sam. <laughs> but um, the the championship, if you're a team in the championship who's not been in the Premier League, right, you've got 46 matches in a season and you're competing a team against teams that have parachute payments, right? Yeah. So I, the thing is, you can try and play your way out of the championship, but I'm not sure if that cuts it half the time. Sometimes you just have to claw yourself out, right? I think. I just think. I think there are sort of three bands of teams in the championship. You've got the ones that are sort of yo-yo clubs between there and the Premier League. So you've got like us, uh, Norwich, Norwich at that minute, Fulham as well. I think could go in that. Um, Bournemouth. Not Bournemouth and Watford, not to the Swansea. same extent. Swan, uh, Swansea. 
a while ago there now. Swansea were relegated same season as us, but I'm not sure if they're sort as much up and down. Stoke had put in it. Yeah. Um But you you've got those sort of teams. Then you've got sort of the staples of the championship, which you can expect to be that sort of area. Then you've got the ones that have been in the Premier League for a season or two, then drop down and drop up. So you've got like your Barnsleys, your Blackpools, your uh, Bolton. Reading? Yeah, your Reddings, your QPRs. Bar- Barnsley could go up this season. I would love Barnsley to go up. Your Blackburn? Yeah, your Blackburn. They're, they're not doing too your bad. Your Birmingham? No. I know Birmingham might get relegated. They were in the Premier League um, yeah. in living memory. Yeah, but so were Bolton and look where they are. Oh yeah, R.I.P. Yeah. Where are they now? League 2. Oh yeah, 6th no. in League 2. League 1? No, 6th oh. in League 2. That's a bit... Yeah. It's unfortunate. Kind of it's... Another thing yeah. that I think you'll find funny. Papa John Trophy. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't called the Papa John Trophy when I... When no, the Leeds it, used to play in it, it was Johnston's was paint. It the John- Johnston's yeah, Johnston's paint, paints trophy. Yeah, yeah, but um, Portsmouth lost to Salford. Yes, and that was last season's because it got postponed because of COVID. And yes, then less than twenty four hours later, Sunderland won it, which means that Salford had the trophy for less than twenty four hours. <laughs> yes, I saw that, and didn't Portsmouth play in both as well? I don't think they. I'm sure Portsmouth. I'm sure Portsmouth were in both finals or something. I th- I thought Sunderland played somebody like Swindon. Oh no, it was Swindon. You're correct there. Yeah. Was it Swindon? Yeah. I know. Right. But I just thought that was quite. <laughs> yeah. Quite. Uh, the, quite a funny thing. The scheduling of it was weird. I I do feel sorry for Salford fans. Yeah, but I. They'll, they'll buy it next season anyway. Yeah, it's, um, it's a weird case, Salford, because obviously it's owned by... Class of 92. The, well, not the real Class of 92. The real Class of 92, as we all know, was Leeds <laughs> winning in 1991-92. But yeah, the supposed Class of 92, great. They were, as much as I don't like Manchester United, they were a, a quality team, right? Yeah. Yeah. But Salford... They've done really well. They've gone from what is it the ninth division to the, to uh, the fourth yeah. division or it something was like, like that. These Mathian leagues up to they're in League Two now. Yeah, and there was a TV program about it as well. Yeah, which leads us <laughs> nicely onto our last section, which is on TVs and movies. So the first, there's a couple of questions I wanted to ask you about movies because I'm not really sure where whereabouts you stand. But well, I'm sitting down. What kind minute, of so. <laughs> what kind of um, movies do you like? What kind um, of genres are you into? I, I try not to make an adult joke. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm mainly into adverts. Uh, personally, I, I love insurance adverts. Um, the one with the lizard and the singing man. Yes. The lizard um, and the singing man. No, um, I don't. I don't watch that many movies. To be fair, are you more a TV show man? I say that I don't. I'm not watching the most TV. I've got back into TV. Now I don't have as much to do. I start watching more TV. I think movies wise, it would generally be sort of 
either comedy or action. Yeah. I would say are my two sort of genres. Um, because I, I think you, my top films, if anyone ever, ever asks, is like Hot Fuzz, uh, Die Hard. Uh, Hardcore Henry is pretty good. I do quite like that. Not I, I, don't, do, I don't think I've ever seen Die Hard. Oh, best Christmas film ever. Best Christmas film. Um, I'm not opposed to rom-coms as well. Do quite like a rom-com. Uh, Man Up, I think, is probably my favourite. It was one with Simon Pegg um, a few years ago. That's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I think I'm more of a TV person, to be honest. You've been watching much... You said you've watched more TV. Have you been watching a specific series? Uh, I binged Wayne uh, a week or two ago. Was that was that good? That was very good. Um, it was. Remember when YouTube tried to do YouTube premiums, and they tried yeah. to make so they had like I know they made Cobra Kai. Uh, then it was picked up by Netflix. They just binned it off eventually. Um, yeah. So it was like Cobra Kai was picked up by Netflix. Wayne wasn't picked up by anyone, but Amazon have just bought distribution rights to it. So rumour has it, um, it may be coming back. And I want it to, because it was absolutely amazing. Um, it was like America's answer to End of the Fucking World. Oh, which which is a, um, it's a good TV show in itself. Yeah. I couldn't get into it, to be honest. It had um, It had that guy from, what's his name? I don't know, um, but he, he's from—he's something like twenty-four, and he looks about twelve. It's the guy from Horrible Histories, isn't it? Oh, I thought you meant the uh, main actor guy. Yeah, it did. I know, I know what you mean. Now. And and ghosts. Yeah. He's um. Yeah, he's. I see. I quite liked it. I liked the um. The, kind of what was like the they had a bit with the Vatican and kind of church people's I think it was quite an interesting no, thing to watch. You're thinking of you mean the apocalypse. Oh yes. Yeah. Apologies. Yeah, I do mean I do mean that. Yeah. No, end of end of the Yeah, world I know the that's dark um, That's yeah, that See that's brilliant as well though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I I couldn't get into it personally. I it's one of the thing it's like Chernobyl the one that HBO did. I can understand why people like it. It's just not my sort of thing. It's, um... The guy from that, I think he's in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them as well, isn't he? Uh, end same. of the Black World, or You Mean the Apocalypse? Yeah. I think no. he is, yes. It, it's the guy I was talking about. He's about 24, but looks about 12. The second season of that's out, isn't it? That's been out for quite a while. Uh, but Fantastic Me Be Somewhere to Find Them. Or... No. Um... Yeah. No, it was out when I... It's why I started trying to watch it, because I, I kept getting recommended. So I thought, I'll try the first season before I watch the second. Um, but just couldn't get into it. But um, I've been re-watching New I, Tricks um... as well. I always... Yeah. I sort of grew up with that. I always grew up with sort of detective sort of shows. Um, I've been re-watching that on the box sets. How I Met Your Mother, I've started as well. 
See, I've never seen How I Met Your Mother, even though it's been recommended to me. I like loads. it's like a modern Friends, kind of. It's like a I, um, it's a Friends sort of show. See, I started watching Extras, Ricky Gervais's Extras, yeah. right? And that's actually quite funny. Um, there was an episode with is it Kate? Who do I mean? I keep wanting to say Kate Millett because that's what I've been doing in politics recently. He's a famous feminist, but it's not. Uh, What's his name? Bush. Kate Winslet. Blank. Yeah. Kate Kate Winslet. And that is... I would strongly recommend it. It's really, really, really funny. I just think... Rick, I think I really enjoy Ricky Gervais' type of humour. Especially, I watched his um, Netflix show and I couldn't stop laughing. I've never been the biggest fan of Ricky Gervais, personally. Who's your kind of favourite comedian? Peter Kay. Easy. Ah, oh, Peter Kay's bro. I watched. There's um, I watched the bit. You know the misheard song lyrics again. Oh, that's amazing. Whenever I'm sad, I'll just watch it and it makes me laugh. That's amazing. But my the one I always go to is um, Veranda of the Toy Shop. Yeah. That's my go-to quote. I, I relate to it very highly. I know we went to somebody's house last year and we'd had a few drinks and everybody just put music on and we really wanted um Oh, we we kept trying to put on um him and Matt Lucas's 500 miles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and every time we put it on someone turned it off. Oh, what's this? Turn it off and then me and you just death stare at them and we're like turn it back on. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was um it was good. Yeah. Joe Lycett as well, I do quite like. I went. Yeah. I've seen him live a few times. He's very good. I've seen um, Frankie Boyle live. Yeah, who was who was quite funny. I saw him in Edinburgh. Yeah, and I saw Jack Whitehall live as well. Okay. Who, I I quite like Jack Whitehall. I liked his Netflix show, and I liked his. I, I like a lot of the things he's been in. So. Bad education he was in, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh he did Fresh Meat. Yeah. He, was he did in. a talk show with his dad as well. Yeah. And then he, he also went on holiday with his dad. Yeah. For like two, three seasons. Anyway, I, I quite like him. And he was on a league of their own as well. Yeah, he was for a bit. Uh so I I, I quite liked him, but I I don't know. I just didn't really it was it was funny, this show, the um tour that I went to see, but I kind of I don't know. It wasn't as good as I thought it'd be. It was still good, but you know when something you think is going to be really, really good, and then you go and it's still good, but it kind of doesn't reach your expectations. Yeah, you always expect more from it than you get back. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know what's a good example of this, but like, going... West Brom this season. (laughs) Like, hyping up something. Like, saying, oh, we're going to this part like a party's a good example like getting ready for a party all week wanting to go can't wait to go and then you go and it's not bad it, it's like it's just a party it's quite it's quite nice it's good but you've been hyping it up for so long because maybe a previous parties you've been to they've been amazing and it's just not you kind of feel let down but it's due to the fact that you you yourself has kind of hyped it up you know yeah yeah I'll- Maybe I've like people that. listening to this podcast <laughs> think, yeah. oh, this this is going to be amazing. And then they listen to it and spoke about football for about half an hour. <laughs> yeah, that sums up us. 
Yeah, but on that, I think we'll draw this week to a close. I think we shall. So, thank you for listening, especially if you've got this far, because I don't know how we've got this far. We're 56 minutes in, and I could I, I had to stop myself, because I could have yeah. talked about movies and TV for ages. Yeah. Whether it will be that long, whether I've cut half it out, it's a different question. Yeah, but either way, if you got this far, thank you for listening, and that's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me.